wonderful friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for this hour as we are going to have a wonderful program together and you are part of this program as you are listening. I believe you can even contribute to this program. You can send us a text message with a thought, maybe a question, a prayer, whatever you like to share with us today. And the number where you can send us a text message is 04888 one. Again, the number, uh, I will mention it because I really like you to be part of the program today. Why not to even tell us where you're listening from? How is the weather over there? And um, maybe a thought you have today that you may like to share with our listeners on Faith FM. The number is 04 We are looking uh, uh, under this um, uh, theme, a dummy's guide to prophecy. Now, you know, English is my uh, second language, and not always I get these um, things as uh, our good friend, Pastor uh, uh, Gary, it's uh, just putting them up here. But I understand that uh, when you say the word uh, dummies, um, that's something, you know, uh, not necessarily the, you know, the best thing or uh, um, I will uh, probably check with our um, co-hosts uh, today to give a bit more details on this one. But that's the, um, the theme, a dummy's guide to prophecy. We look at some uh, uh, questions uh, as the week progressed, uh, uh, questions like uh, what are the keys to Bible prophecy. Does prophecy um, reliably unfold the future? Prophecy and human nature. Has anything changed? Prophecy and human nature. Has anything changed? I think that was a very um, important uh, point because over two days we looked at that uh, question. Now today we are going to ask uh, what does it say to us? Now uh, my dear friend listening uh, today I believe you came across uh, at least this uh, um, you know words prophecy because um, there are lots of things said uh, around in this world, even uh, uh, when uh, things happen in the world, people thinking what's what the prophecy said about this or what the predictions are about this. And um, yeah, people are looking uh, from various angles, but it's very important to understand what the prophecy is in the Bible and what's the reason of prophecy for us uh, in these days. Now, I would like to say hello to our um, co-host, and um, 
I have with me in the studio here uh, David Lima from Family Voice, uh, Family Voice Australia. David, it's good to have you with us in the studio. Well, it's great to be back with you, Nick, and uh, greetings. Good afternoon to all of our listeners. And also we have uh, Charles, if he can hear us. He's driving uh, towards Melbourne. Let's see if um, Charles is with us. Hey, Charles, how are you? Hi listeners, this uh, is Charles and yes I'm on the road today but uh, glad to be with you. Well, uh, look, um, last time uh, David was uh, in that position uh, on the road and uh, yeah, sometimes we struggle, you know, because of the sound, you know, is not like in the studio, but we'll try our best to see uh, how you can come along, uh, Charles. And um Yes, uh, today uh, um, we have a very interesting uh, question uh, to ask and uh, the whole, uh, uh, you know, um, theme for uh, for the week was uh, uh, Adami's guide to prophecy. Now, I may ask David uh, a little bit, how do you take that one, David? What do you understand when I'm saying that word? Yes, uh, the word dummy really means someone who isn't very clever. This is rather an unfortunate word because... Traditionally, it's referred to those who are unable to speak. And the conclusion is made that if you cannot speak, you must be stupid, which is a rather unfortunate conclusion. Anyway, it is what it is. Language changes, and so we won't get too hung up on these matters. But it really means, it really means the, the easy guide or the, the simplified guide to anything, uh, your, your computer, uh, using the Internet, whatever it might be. So prophecy, well, that's a fantastic theme for us to be considering today. Uh, I love to read the prophets of the Bible, Nick, and the thing that comes out to me as I read those prophets is that they were constantly warning, mm. constantly warning not only Israel and Judea, but also the other nations. You take a book like Amos, and Amos begins with several nations, mm. and finally he's speaking about God's people. So all of the prophets except for Hosea had something to say about pagan nations and it disturbs me enormously that in our modern churches today we are so hesitant to warn to warn that that's really the hallmark of prophecy mm -hmm. warning mm -hmm. about about impending judgment if we do not turn and repent Yes, indeed, indeed. And hey, as you explained, David, yes, it makes sense to the, the title, you know, of, um, of these uh, discussions we have here. Sometimes uh, prophecy needs to be uh, explained a little bit in a very simple way. Mm. Now, um, as you progress into read the Bible, to understand more things, to put in the context, the more you look in the Bible is like a treasure, you know, the more... Uh, Deep you can look into it and understand certain things. But the Bible and the prophecy, it's also um, available for any kind of uh, knowledge and, and people, you know, even highly educated or not so highly educated. Yes. That's the wonderful uh, thing about the uh, the Bible. It's not like other books, you know, which you, it's maybe dedicated to a certain group of people. The Bible is available for each one of us. Indeed. And Jesus said that the kingdom of God is to be accessed by people who have childlike faith, simple mm. faith. Mm. And so we can overcomplicate these things. There are many intellectual people out there who've lost their faith, sadly, because they have got caught up in convoluted knots 
as they have abandoned the simplicity of the faith, which even a child can understand. Uh, a little child will lead them, as, as one of the prophets said, Isaiah, in fact. And little children have no difficulty understanding God. They understand that they're sinners, that they need to repent. No difficulty there. And they understand that that God is our Father who loves us. Mm. Uh, and so I don't know why we overcomplicate these things, Nick, but that's the way it is. Yes. My dear friend listening today, Please uh, be, part, be part of this uh, program uh, today and maybe share with us uh, what prophecy means for you, how you understand prophecy. The number where you can uh, send us a text message is 04-888-808-1. We are going to look at uh, a bit of news, uh, some articles uh, going on uh, here. And uh, David, um, I sent it to you. I'm not sure if you had a chance to look at but I will first probably look at this one Abu Dhabi's stunning new multi-faith complex it's a mosque a synagogue and a church Mm. This is very interesting. It says here on the article that uh, the United uh, Arab um, Emirates on Wednesday inaugurated the Abrahamic family house an interfaith complex housing as I said a mosque a church and the Gulf um, Arab estate first ever purpose-built synagogue. Mm. That's very interesting. Designed by the renowned um, architect uh, David uh, Adjaye, I think that's the the name, um, the project incorporates several architectural styles traditionally found in mosques, churches, and synagogues around the world. Now, the structure draws inspiration from the three Abrahamic faiths, and it meant to encapsulate their similarities. Mm. Uh, My dear friend listening today, and uh, uh, I believe many of you, you know, you probably embraced uh, the you know, Christian faith. But if not, we know that these three religions, they are monotheistic religions. And um, they look back, um, you know, at the father of their faith uh, as Abraham. Mm. Now, I may just uh, try to see if um, uh, Charles uh, hears us. And Charles, what's your take on this one? Uh, So this, uh, I was reading with a lot of interest on this uh, project that they have just completed. And on the surface, it might actually sort of look like a good thing where the architects and the people who sponsored the project says we are bringing Abrahamic faiths together. But when you look deeper, you actually find that these three faiths are different from each other. Mm. So much so that um, they are not really faiths that should be looked upon as having the same roots. Because, for, for example, um, the Christian faith, we, which we, we are of the persuasion, mm. we believe that Christ is our Lord and Savior. And yet the other two simply reject outright that Christ is the Messiah mm-hmm. and is the Lord and Savior of the whole world. But this this building sort of try to make people think that we are all on the same page, and yet we are not. Right. 
Yes, that, indeed, indeed, very good uh, uh, thought there, uh, Charles. David? Yes, Charles is absolutely right. Those three faiths are really mutually exclusive. Uh, it's uh, a sad thing to say that uh, Islam in particular uh, strongly opposes Christianity. Now, in nations where Islam is in the minority, such as in Australia, where we have only about 3% of the population Islamic, uh, Islam is portrayed as a peace-loving religion and uh, wanting to dialogue and get on with everyone. But in the nations where Islam is dominant, it becomes highly intolerant of Christianity and uh, of the Jewish faith as well. Mm. So, yeah, um, but the opposite is true of Christianity. If you're a Muslim living living in a Christian nation, you have full rights as, as a citizen. Uh, you are accepted. You're, you are allowed to practice your faith. That's not the case in reverse. When Christianity is in the minority or Judaism is in the minority in a country dominated by Islam, then there's a high level of intolerance. So I'm just calling it as I see it, uh, Nick. And look, I love Islamic people, Jewish people, and I don't mind dialogue between them. And if this center is a place of dialogue, as far as that goes, uh, that would be okay. But what I'm not happy with is the multi-faith services which occur, uh, often in Christian contexts, I'm sorry to say, mm. I, I don't attend those uh, those meetings on principle because while I'm happy to be friendly towards Islamic and Jewish people, to extend hospitality to them, to love them, which I've done, um, yet I am not prepared to pretend that we're worshipping the same God and, and in the same way and that we're all, all equally children of Abraham. Uh, Jesus uh, spoke very scathingly about those who claimed to be children of Abraham but in fact rejected him. Mm, that's true, indeed, indeed. Hey, um, yeah, before I always thought, you know, uh, Jerusalem was the center of the world in terms of, you know, uh, even in these days you have uh, the, the the mingling or how to say, or not mingling, uh, I should say the disputes maybe even more uh, in Jerusalem about, you know, uh, to whom belongs, you know, so, to the Arabs, yeah. to the Jews yeah. or Christians, they claim that too. Mm -hmm. uh, but hey, here in the Arab uh, Gulf now, to have this initiative, just, yeah, just raise up some questions. I don't know if this has to do anything with ecumenism uh, or not. Charles, what do you think? That, that's exactly the point I wanted to point out, that this, this is nothing more than uh, ecumenism disguised as uh, a project to bring about understanding between religions. And if you really think about it and look at it deeply, you find that the, the instigators of this uh, program is actually the Islamic religion, which, as David rightly pointed out, wants nothing to do with Christianity. And if you look at other spiritual issues, say, for example, the way a Christian would look at the question of sin is completely different to how sin is viewed both in the Jewish and the Islamic faith. Because for us, sin can only be punished by death. And vice versa, life can only be received through a complete and total belief in Christ and surrender to Him as Lord and Savior. So, it's, it's then a, a religion which is not a religion of works, whereas the other two religions portray that you can be saved by doing your own good works. So 
And like David said, this tool will then become mutually exclusive because they are teaching things that are completely different. And on the question of ecumenism, I think the Bible already tells us in, in Revelation that the John saw and three unclean spirits that mm. would gather the nations of the world to Armageddon. And now we are seeing religion blending into into this mass, which really doesn't mean anything when you try to follow it, because it's all gathering people, mostly in deception and in error. Mm. Yes, uh, indeed. Very, very interesting. Very interesting um, concept here. Yeah, th- any comment, David? Yes. The real issue here, I think, is who is Christ? And the Jewish people reject Jesus of Nazareth. They do not reject, they, they do not accept him as the Son of God. And similarly, uh, Muslim people have that view. They don't believe that Jesus died on a cross. They don't believe that he rose from the dead. And so they believe that he died and is buried somewhere in the Middle East. So you've got a fundamental rejection of Christ. It is always the key question in theology or philosophy. Who is Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? And I I do challenge our listeners to ask that question of themselves. Who who do we think Jesus is? Do we we think uh, that he was mad? Or do we think that he was a liar? Or do we think that he really was the Son of God? So those are the three options. And uh, we need to really wrestle with those and come to a, a conclusion that mm. he, that as the centurion said, when he saw the manner of his death, as he laid down his life, as he loved those who pierced him, the, the Roman pagan centurion was moved to say, truly, he was the son of God. Indeed, indeed. Uh, the article uh, continued to uh, to say that, um, for example, the synagogue is the um, uh, United Arab Emirates' first purpose-built Jewish place of worship. And like most synagogues around the world, it's oriented towards Jerusalem. Now, that's a very interesting... Uh, is it Jerusalem or Mecca? Uh, yeah, it says to Jerusalem. The synagogue is oriented to Jerusalem. Okay. That's how it says the, on the article. Because the synagogue, uh, it's part of a Jewish... Uh, oh, oh, yes, okay, yeah. sorry. I'll, yes. Confusing. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Uh, but I wonder how the other ones, where all yeah. they face... <laughs> well, that's right, yeah. Now, Daniel prayed towards Jerusalem, so they're onto something there. But, uh, yes, apologies for my mistake there. Um, the... The, the the Muslim people pray, of course, towards Mecca, mm. and uh, Medina is their second most important city. Jerusalem is the third, mm-hmm. and so they they claim Jerusalem. They're jealous of Jerusalem because it's it's the city of the great king. Yes, and so uh, the Dome of the Rock has mosque has been built probably on the site of the of the ancient temple. And uh, so you, so the Jewish people or Christians for that matter or anyone can't get get in uh, because it's it's been taken it's been hijacked by islam yes indeed when i looked at that you know i thought to myself okay uh, already can be some uh, uh, difficulties there you know if the the synagogue it, it's uh, points towards uh, jerusalem where is the um Correct. the other place and you know yeah i'm not sure uh, uh, charles if you're still with us uh, can you hear us uh, and any other thoughts before we moving on yeah, um, so w- when, when they were building these buildings, you, you actually find that, uh, as David is saying, the, the 
one for the Jews or the Jewish religion is actually pointed towards Jerusalem, and the one for the Islamic religion is actually pointed towards Mecca. Okay. And prophetically, the Jewish themselves are still looking for their Messiah to come. Mm. And they're actually in the process of building the so-called Dead Temple as well. Mm-hmm. Because for them, the fact that Christ came is totally rejected. That's why they still have this hope that there's a Messiah who is to come. The Muslims, on the other end, also believe in uh, a Messiah whom they call the Mahdi, and who is also going to come. So you can you can quickly see that there's a lot of confusion and and counter prophecies because the Jews are waiting for a Messiah while the Muslims are waiting for a Mahdi who is going to come, and as Christians as well are waiting for a risen Savior who we know is definitely coming. The other two are not sure that theirs is coming. So yeah, it's it's not a, a situation where. The three should really be reconciled. But again, if you if you take it from the point of the great controversy, it's all a question of misleading people because the Bible does tell us that the devil deceived the whole world. Mm. And this project works to deceive the whole world because on the surface, it doesn't look like there's anything that's bad. It's actually looked on as a good thing because... You're bringing these three big religions together and you're bringing people together and we're trying to create harmony. But at the end of the day, it's not really harmony. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, uh, we'll leave that uh, article uh, aside for now, but it's very interesting, interesting um, things happening all around the world, and uh, we may keep an eye on uh, these things, um, what's going on, and uh, yeah, thanks guys for uh, sharing uh, your thoughts on this article, and my dear friend, you listening today, I wonder what you think about uh, these things. Feel free to send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one and share with us. Uh, you can be part of this program now. After the break, uh, I may come to you with the offer which we have uh, for uh, today. Then uh, have this number which I just mentioned um, uh, safe uh, there for um, for you to claim the offer. We are. Uh, talking about prophecy today and um, in particular Babylon it's fallen uh, what does it say to us that's the question we have uh, today and we look at some other questions like um, prophecy and human nature um, has anything changed in history uh, does prophecy uh, reliably unfold the future and what are the keys to uh, Bible prophecy. But right now we are going to take a short break, have a song, and uh, we'll be back with you very soon. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. King of Babylon, bow your knees to the writings on the wall. Kingdom's days are numbered and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze, and gold can't save your soul at all. So, King, you better. 
better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall, now once in Babylon. A king upon his throne, let wine and foolish pride go to his head. Then there appeared one night, a hand by the candlelight. And it wrote a note, and this is what it said. King of Babylon, bow your knees, the writing's on the wall. Your kingdom's days are numbered, and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze, and gold can't save your soul at all. So, King, you better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall. Welcome back to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. In the studio with us uh, today is David Delima from Family Voice Australia. Over the phone with us uh, on his way to Melbourne is uh, Charles also. And we are uh, talking about uh, today Babylon uh, Falls. And... Um, Uh, yeah, we uh, we just uh, ask a question, what that means for us today? How do we understand these things? But my dear friend, I promise that uh, I'm going to give you a wonderful book today. And please uh, uh, have the number ready, 04888-8011, and send us a text message with the code SA126. Now, this book... It's entitled Decoding Bible Prophecy by Ron Cluzet. Major 
natural disasters in country after country, an uncertain global economy and political upheaval everywhere tells that something major is on the horizon. Futurists and prophets of every stripe fail us at every turn, but God has provided help in our hour of need. Don't miss out this wonderful book, Decoding Bible Prophecy by Ron Clusey. And the code is SA126. Please send that uh, text message to 04 And uh, our friendly robot will take you through. Well, uh, in the time left here, we are going to dig a little bit deeper into uh, this uh, question which we have for uh, uh, today. As I mentioned, uh, Babylon uh, Falls, what does it say to us? How do we understand this? And I may come to you, Charles, if you uh, yeah, continue to hear us. <laughs> I'm just keep checking that because you may be in a spot where you may not have the best reception. But if you hear us, would you be able to just um, give us a little bit of background, what that means, kings, Babylon, prophecy? Uh, yeah, I can still hear you. So Babylon was an ancient city in Mesopotamia or present-day Iraq. And it was a very wealthy city and very powerful in terms of military forces. Um, Babylon also is, is the city that managed to, to conquer Jerusalem through the famous king Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. Yes, it's, it's also known as, as the city of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, or the, one of the seven wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and we actually still have those uh, relics that have been dug up in Germany, in museums, even in the British museums, you can see actual evidence of the existence of Babylon. Mm. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, what the Bible, uh, uh, and from time to time, what I will do, Charles, I may just mute you when we're talking here in the studio, just to minimize a little bit that uh, background noise, but you'll hear us, and uh, um, yes, uh, uh, we'll we'll come to you uh, in a moment, but yeah, David... I'll come to you just for a few moments here um, and, and ask him pretty much the same, uh, the same thing. Um, yeah, what do you understand when we mention Babylon? Yeah. Uh, Babylon fails or mm. falls. Um, and then we mention prophecy and we mention kings. What that yeah. tells you? Well, Babylon in the Bible is typical of evil and wickedness and rebellion. Mm-hmm. So the city of Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, was full of evil. And we we see this typified in the book of Daniel <clears throat> when uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, speaks about his own grandeur and glory, and he's very strongly rebuked. And in the song which we enjoyed listening to about the writing on the wall, mm. uh, we see the uh, the king there, uh, who is uh, taking the very sacred objects from the temple and using them for the worship of pagan gods. And in the middle of that party, as they are desecrating those special vessels from the temple, 
this hand appears and starts writing on the wall, and of course everyone is absolutely horrified. Mm. They are, are sickened to their to their core. They don't know what it means, and of course uh, Daniel's called upon to to give the meaning. Yes, uh, and and yet still they do not repent and turn. Now Nebuchadnezzar did repent. Indeed, indeed, uh, wonderfully. Uh, but he had to spend two years. Uh, behaving like a wild animal mm. until you realize that the Most High is sovereign and gives the, the nations of the world to anyone. That I thought it was even longer than that, but yes, uh, uh, yeah, he spent quite a bit of time um, eating grass <laughs> with yeah. animals, okay. and uh, the prophecy was very accurate about him and what Daniel was telling him. Now, this uh, guy who saw the writing on the wall, mm. he was um, a grandson yeah. uh, of Nebuchadnezzar, right. and Daniel still uh, alive. Yeah. And being able to interpret mm. or to tell him mm. what's going on. It's very interesting because uh, what you pointed out here, uh, David, that this great king, Nebuchadnezzar, he uh, realized that God is the living God. The God, as he said, the God of Daniel, uh, um, what was that, uh, to the Shadrach and um, yeah, Meshach and Ab- Abednego. Abednego, yes. Uh, yeah. The, the other three <laughs> friends of Daniel, I'm trying to <laughs> think of the names because they were given also Babylonian na- names Correct. and they have the, the Hebrew names too. Hmm. But this king comes to his senses and he realized, even though he was very, yeah, I'm talking about Nebuchadnezzar, yes. Mm. Um, he was very powerful man and very arrogant man at some uh, yeah. point, you know, uh, making that big statue, you know, calling everyone to worship, uh, to bow down before the image and him actually requesting worship to himself. Yes. Uh, but, um, and another thing is just, uh, I'm going a bit of a tangent here, but you know that there is a chapter in the Bible written by this king. That's right. King, king Nebuchadnezzar. A letter to the known world. That's exactly right. And mm. that's, uh, that's amazing. But hey, let me just um, read something, uh, if I can, from uh, the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And let's see if we can make some parallels here. It says here, And do not get drunk. With wine, for that is debauchery, if I say correct that word, but be filled with the Spirit. Very interesting uh, um, verse. I wonder what those people thought in their mind at that time when the writing on the wall came, because definitely they were full of wine. <laughs> yes, and it was an ancient custom or belief that when you were drunk that you could commune with the deity. Mm. So, in fact, it's the opposite. You, um, <laughs> you're communing with the devil of anything because you're engaging in idolatry uh, because of the, the worship, really, of the experience yes. that you've taken to yourself and behind idolatry is the worship of demons. So mm. it's really the opposite of the truth. Uh, we do not encounter God in states of, of drug-induced or alcohol-induced uh, intoxication, but through sober consideration of the Scriptures mm-hmm. and receiving the witness that's given to us by Christian people 
and even looking at creation and seeing how that speaks to God, because creation is also prophetic. It's not just the prophets of the Bible. Yes. Uh, creation speaks about who God is. Everything that can be known about his character is revealed in creation. Yes. So that men are without excuse. So nature itself is prophetic. And how can we parallel, you know, all those things, you know, back in the history with the things today? Because uh, we are in... In a spiritual battle, uh, Babylon may be very well and uh, uh, alive today. Mm-hmm. You know, not the ancient Babylon, but the spiritual Babylon. Yes. Confusion, as you just mentioned a yes. bit earlier. Um, and interesting that uh, you mentioned, David, that uh, or Charles, I think, that they gather the vessels mm. uh, which uh, King Nebuchadnezzar took from Jerusalem, um, and what they did. They, uh, they were purposed for a holy, um, thing, you know, uh, yeah. uh, but now they are just treat them like, uh, nothing, you know, uh, taking all those vessels and drinking, uh, uh, from them, have a great time together, great party yes. there. And, uh, Belshazzar was the name of this, uh, king, um, uh, didn't care. Yeah. Well, until yeah. the writing on the wall and then his knees. Knocked. <laughs> That's right. And then he was dead within a day. Exactly. Yes. And that was what uh, Daniel was uh, actually telling him. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, Charles, any, any thoughts uh, before I'm moving to a couple of points here? Yeah. Um, so in ancient times, kings were really regarded as gods themselves. Uh, and Nebuchadnezzar, that's one of the issues that really uh, made him fall because when he was walking up on top of his house, he started beating his chest and saying, is this not Babylon that I've built by my own might? So he failed to give glory to God. And we see his grandson here probably regarding himself as God as well. And during this drunken orgy, they probably would have been worshipping him, uh, worshipping the gods of stone and, and whatnot. Until he came to a point where he said, bring me those vessels from Jerusalem. I want to drink from them. And he let his uh, wife to drink from the holy vessels. There's a man called John Trapp who says, who writes about the three out. He says, one, ale out of the pot or beer out of the pot, money out of the purse and the wheat out of the head. Mm. So any drunken orgy results in a loss of all reason. And even though this grandson knew what had happened to his grandfather with the eating of grass, he still did not learn the lesson. And he proceeded to take the, the vessels. And one thing that really stands out for me, this was really an act of defying God. It was about worship. And to know that these are holy vessels taken from a holy temple. I mean, with these old kings, they were very good at keeping records. Mm. And he definitely would have known they came from the temple in Jerusalem. But he did disregard that and drink from those holy vessels. Yes, indeed. And in, and um, you know how the Bible says that uh, proudness and arrogancy uh, goes before the fall. Yes, that's right. And uh, we learn here from this uh, king, but we need to look at our life and in our time today mm-hmm. that we may not repeat history again in in our uh, days. And I may like to look at a couple of uh, um, more questions here, but David, any thoughts? 
Yes, well, we think about the prophet Jonah who dealt with another empire, which, of course, was the... Uh, was the uh, Nineveh. Yeah, Nineveh. Thank you for having a senior's moment. Um, so Nineveh was under judgment, uh, had 40 days to go, mm. but they all repented. And what we need today is to challenge the culture about its sins. We, we live in an era which is increasingly turning its back on God, and once you go down that pathway, the next step is to mock the things of God, yes. to despise them, and um, that's what Charles is mentioning in relation to the way they took those vessels. It was really uh, an anti, uh, anti-Jewish, anti uh, anti-God move here uh, to say, uh, well, you know, we, we are dominant now, we don't need this temple, yeah. uh, and we mock this temple by, uh, by using it for, uh, for profane use. Yes. So and, and that city, that great city, Nineveh, you know, I think was part of the, um, the, that empire, um, uh, Assyria, yes. if I'm not wrong. Yes, correct. And, uh, wonderful that those, uh, that king or that, you know, ruler at that time, he was wise enough to call for uh, for repentance, for uh, uh, fasting, uh, that God may have mercy on them. And that's what we need to do today, my dear friend. Um, each one of us, we need to look at ourselves and uh, ask God for forgiveness. We are here to uh, look at ourselves and to realize where we are at and give ourselves to God fully that he may have mercy on us. God really provided everything what is needed for uh, for us and for our salvation. It's just about ourselves if we are, want to be um, part of this wonderful uh, um, project, if you like, uh, the salvation of humankind. Well, uh, my dear friend listening today, you know that uh, you can... Um, have a wonderful book uh, today in uh, your hands and that uh, book it's called let me just uh, open up this one again here it's called Decoding Bible Prophecy by uh, Ron Clazay and you can send us a text message with the code SA126 to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll be very happy to organize this. Thank you so much uh, for those of you who already request uh, the book there, and I'll give a shout out uh, here also to uh, Kenny. Uh, yeah, it, thank you so much, Kenny, that uh, you mentioned that you love to listen to our uh, station, and we are very happy to have you with us uh, today. Um, please. Get on the phone and uh, write a message to us with the code SA126 to receive this wonderful uh, book because that may be the last uh, time uh, today. And um, Charles, if you are uh, there again, I'm just coming back to you now. And uh, as I mentioned, few questions here um, through the story to this, you know, to Babylon and the kings we mentioned here. Um, there were there were people like uh, uh, worshiping idols, but they were very self sufficient. You know, they thought that they they can do whatever they like. You know, where that take us when we are um, doing things which are not directing all our <laughs> worship to God. Um, it can be the idol of comfort, it can be the idol of obsession, and so on. Would you like to share a few things with us, Charles? 
I think uh, in these days that you are living in, there, there really is that uh, air of self-sufficiency where uh, God is not really in the picture. And I think it's, it's a phenomenon that has been observed that as uh, society becomes more affluent, they, they stop really relying on God. And we can see, and the other downside to this self-sufficiency is the decay of morals. And everywhere we look in our own society in Australia, you can see that there is absolute decay of morals. And this is where Babylon was at the same time. You can imagine there is soldiers all around a city and people are actually having a party. And this is what Belshazzar was doing. He was so confident in, in his uh, army and everything that was around him that he did not give a care to what was happening and what was about to happen to him. And in the same vein, as we look at even Christianity today, do we really rely on God for him to be our provider or we rely on the resources that we have? So that's self-sufficiency. Even Christ talks about it and says, the Church of Laodicea, you say you are rich and you are increased in goods and you have need of nothing. So we can have this idol, which might not at first glance look an idol, but the moment we start to rely on what we have or the resources that we have instead of God himself, then it becomes an idol just as Babylon was at the time of Belshazzar. And it definitely was one of those contributing factors to his fall. Absolutely right. Now, we mentioned already here that uh, these uh, guys, they live in a very uh, lavish, uh, uh, you know, um, sort of life. Uh, I wonder uh, how could we parallel also this, uh, the, the idol of comfort, you know. Babylon was clothed, you know, in luxury and wealth. Uh, in this world today, particularly in the Western world, we are... Uh, trapped into this kind of thing. Uh, David? Yes. We have many sins to repent of today. Mm. As we look back to see what was going on in the ancient world, we might say, oh, well, we would never do such things, but we really are. Mm. We are no better. Uh, We are equally in need of salvation, and we must repent. So the the prophetic word then and now should be the same, which is one of warning. Mm, indeed, and and Charles, coming to you now, uh, what would you like to share with us in regard to uh, the obsessive attitude we have today? I think last week we, we did talk about, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is, there is now a law in France where, um, you know, you, you have to put a disclaimer that whatever you're posting on social media has been uh, a retouched photo and it's, it's not true, you know, all those things. Because mm. now people are so much into wanting things that other people have or they're obsessed with things that are not real. So th- this is, a, 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 I think, a disease that has now plagued society so much so that Whatever you see, definitely it's so hard to believe if it's truth or it's not. And the nations around wanted what Babylon had. And Babylon itself was obsessed with the wealth that they had to the exclusion of everything else. They looked mm. upon themselves and they were the 
all in all, and we get uh, an example of what even King Nebuchadnezzar himself said after being given the interpretation of the image, he decided to build the whole image made out of gold because he was so obsessed with himself that he could not bear to think that there were other kingdoms that were going to come after him. He was not the end of it all. So this obsession, and it's not just in the world, it also plants us as Christians where we've stopped being a unique people. We want to be the same as what the world is like. Exactly right. And again, I like to draw a, a, a parallel here because uh, uh, today, yeah, we live uh, under this sort of obsession too. Uh, particularly when I'm thinking of, let's say, like things like Hollywood and uh, other things, you know, uh, which. Um, so much is just attracting the attention of everyone and, and unfortunately in particular the young ones you know towards only these things like uh, um you know just just to have fun mm. just to uh, you know enjoy every moment of your life mm. if that's in sex in drugs in whatever it is it doesn't matter mm. you know we are obsessed now, some people are obsessed with the money, some with wealth, uh, as you pointed out, uh, Charles, uh, n- nothing new under the sun, to say so. But we need to ask this question again. What will be the result of all these things? Because we're learning here in uh, ancient uh, times that uh, God intervened. And those people who thought that nothing can change their uh, life and uh, the glamorous uh, life they had until the hand right on the wall and as you pointed out David um, that was that was it mm. for uh, particularly for that king and uh, the kingdom yes Belshazzar uh, and yet we see repentance happening and we also see a recognition even among pagans of the truth of God and I'm thinking of the fourth of the four kings that Daniel served and that's Cyrus so he remarkably gave favor to the people of God and enabled the temple to be rebuilt. So uh, there is hope for Babylon. Mm. There is hope that as it receives the recognition of God that uh, that it can change. And, of course, God's people were sent into Babylon. They themselves were sent into exile in Babylon because they were rejecting God. But yet he used that for his own kingdom advancement because he required them to do in Babylon what they should have been doing all along, which is to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Yes. To bring, to bring Jerusalem to Babylon. In, uh, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, time is going very fast today, guys. But uh, hey, I have, uh, I had two more questions here, which I thought I would look at. And one was uh, in particular, uh, you know, this kind of um, obsession or the, the idolatry, if you like, of church persecution. We know that Christians are, are the most persecuted people in the world mm. today. Yeah, and Babylon had the same thing. You know, uh, they were uh, persecuting Israel, which represented uh, God's people at that time. Mm. And you see that the, how history it's, it's uh, repeating in different way, and the Bible um, informed us 
through the prophecies and we know where we are at the moment in, in, in time. And it will be very important to take a position like David, you, you pointed out the, the ruler of uh, Nineveh, uh, who took a very wise decision. Why not to contemplate on that one? I wonder if under these two things, you know, the persecution of the church mm-hmm. and also uh, the deception which we can find uh, in the world today and in the church. In the church also, uh, the deception. Charles, I may come to you for a moment and then I will come to David in the studio here. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about this um, persecution. You, you find that we, we've got a very remarkable story of believers being persecuted. If, if I just take you back to when the prophecy was done and people were asked to kneel before the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had built. Only three Hebrew boys stood up and said, we are not going to worship. Mm. And the result was them being cast into the lake of fire. So any true Christian who is going to be standing for God, this world will definitely follow in those footsteps of Babylon. I mean, in our country, it's no longer that easy for a true Christian to stand for, example, true godly principles regarding marriage. It's not easy for a true Christian to stand for principles of even things like courting and dating, mm. where it's now normal for people to cohabit together and no one sees anything wrong with it. Um, children can do whatever they want, and it's all sanctioned even at law. So persecution definitely comes more and more as in a society or a nation follows in the same footsteps of Babylon. I also want to, to also go to this uh, idol of deception. I mean, when you look at Babylon, it, it, it could be compared to maybe present-day USA. The USA is the most powerful and dominant nation militarily and financially and economically. They would never believe that they can pass away mm. because they are in such preeminence that it is impossible for them to look at themselves any other way. And Babylon was in the same shoes. They thought, we are the greatest kingdom. We conquered, conquered so much land. What could happen to, to us? And they were deceived and deceiving themselves and deceiving other people as well. So this deception is is often two-pronged. One is deceiving themselves and deceiving others at the same time. And we see it in how Babylon eventually collapsed. The world of today is walking us, uh, along the same footsteps where with so much money, so many resources, so much technology, we think nothing really can happen. We actually deceive ourselves into thinking that God does not exist because God is keeping silent and it seems as if nothing will actually happen. But the Bible does tell us and say, in the last days, the scoffers will come saying, where is the sign of his coming? Since yes. the fathers believed, things still continue as they were. Yes, but and, they and will not continue so much longer. That's right. And, uh, you know, uh, Charles and, and David and my friend listening today, when we're talking about more about these things that uh, never will happen than the 
the big uh, cry will uh, will uh, will happen. Hey, uh, time is uh, out for uh, today, uh, Charles. I may let you go, and uh, we pray that you'll have a safe uh, um, trip, uh, and uh, may God bless you. Thank you for being part with us today uh, over the phone. Thank you so much, Charles. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. David, uh, we have uh, two minutes uh, left mm. here. I wonder if you could just bring it a little bit together, maybe in a couple of uh, thoughts, and uh, um, maybe just have a prayer at the end. Yes. And yes. I will remind our listener also that if you like to know more about these uh, studies, learn more about the prophecy, why not to contact us and ask uh, for um, for that? Because we have in various places uh, seminars going on in regard of prophecy. Myself, I will run one uh, pretty soon. Uh, secrets of prophecy but yeah please david take us uh, yes. to a couple of words to conclude today yes nick uh, babylon it features from genesis to revelation the tower of babel or the tower of babel back in the old testament where man was asserting himself and needed to be sorted out by god so right in those ancient times we see god dealing with babylon and of course, right at the end of history, we've got the whore of Babylon and we've got um, this system, this worldly system, which is opposing God and again must be dealt with. Well, right in the middle of all of that, you've got uh, Jesus, of course, who died for Babylon and uh, God's people are to love Babylon, mm. and not the things of Babylon, but the people there. Because Correct. They need salvation. Yeah, Jesus says, uh, I pray to you not to take them out of this world, exactly. yeah, but uh, keep them safe. Yeah, Exactly. So... Uh, in Jeremiah 29, God's people go into exile. Let this be a warning today. And uh, with those thoughts in mind, I'm just going to pray now. Our Father, we thank you that uh, the Scriptures warn us very, very clearly that Babylon is going to be dealt with and uh, that we need to be free of the Babylonian mindset, the Babylonian behavior. So deliver us, we pray. May each listener consider the claims of Christ as we touched on that right at the beginning of the program. Is he a liar? Is he a madman? Or is he truly the son of God? Mm. And uh, he, we thank you that he loves Babylon. He died for Babylon, uh, that we may escape Babylon and be restored into the heavenly experience. So I pray your blessing would be upon each listener that they would respond in faith, recognizing and receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord. Thank you, David. Uh, also, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. My dear friend, that's up for the time it's up for us. But next time, please join us. We're continuing in prophecy and the rise of the Antichrist. What is a prophetic beast? Until then, may God richly bless you and have a wonderful walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.